Let's go to the book of Jude real quickly. Ready? Can you, am I sounding okay? Sound good? All right, let's go. These are spots in your love feast. Now, when I say love feast, don't, don't let your mind wander. Nikki read that earlier, and she said, Preacher, this is going to be interesting tonight. Let's just hold on, okay? And we'll break this down. And even though I told her it's not what it sounds like, actually in the Corinthian church, it became what it should not have become. So we'll break that down just in a few moments. While the feast with you without fear, serving only themselves, they are clouds without water, carried about by the wind, laid autumn trees with Without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, verse 13, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars from whom is reserved the blackness of the darkness forever. Jude is not playing games when he's trying to paint for you a picture of what an apostate looks like or an apostate church. A preacher, teacher, or a church that is now preaching false doctrine and allow their church to be destroyed from the inside out. Tonight, real quickly, and I'm going to let you go early, but I want to show you the five things, the five things that Jude paints to give us the picture that we can see in 2018 of what it looks like inside the church. You'll see it quickly, all right? Let's go to the word in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you. Tonight, have your way in this house. In my effort, God, to protect the people of God and get them out quickly, do not let me jump over the teaching that you would have for the people of God. I believe tonight, as I was set up yesterday in Atlanta with two different situations, one with a man of God who shared faith and the other at a Christian university who has lost their way, that I can use that tonight, God, to paint a picture in the eyes of our people. God, we're going to give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said... You may be seated. When I talked to you two weeks ago, and a special thank you to Sister Denise, she's an outstanding teacher for filling in last week while I was at the General Assembly. Two weeks ago, I talked to you that he gave a warning. He said, woe unto you to the church. He said, for you have gone the way of Cain. You're a jealous person. You're a person that does not respect authority. You want to do it your way. He said also that when the apostate, that these that take over the church for their own selfish gain, he said you would go the way of Balaam. Balaam is that I'll trade God's word for selfish gain. I will take what's sacred and pure and holy and I'll be a sellout, as the young people would call it. That I don't care. I will preach what they want me to, to say if they pay me enough. Anybody know what I'm talking about in 2018? You can find that type preaching all around America. And then really we dealt with Korah. That spirit of Korah that rejects authority and says, I not only want your job, I, I want your position. I don't want to pay the price. I don't even necessarily have to be called, but I'm going to use my flesh and my force to take from you what God has not decided to give to me. And we talked to you and I showed you how, how Moses was a true man of God that even when they opposed him he fought for the people of God. Now Jude takes it another step further tonight. And listen, he's been giving us three examples. Now he gives us five. He says not only woe unto you North Wahala he says let me tell you what you have become tonight. Let me show you what you look like because you have gone the way of Balaam and the way of Cain. He says first of all because of this 
corrupt false teaching. He said, you're like hidden reefs. He says, your spots uh, in the feast of charity. Now, spots on the feast of charity, it means that you were a hidden reef, one translation says. It means that there are people up under the surface of the church, are you listening, that do not want the best for the church. You can't always see them. They're cunning. They're, they're undermining. They'll come in and do things up underneath. He gives the, the picture of a church being a ship that's been set afloat. You, you know, the book of Hebrews talks about that we have an anchor that's gone behind the veil and how the ship would not be taken over because it's reached a port safely. Well, Jude comes back and says, be careful when you have people that are preaching false doctrine and we allow people to stand in the pulpit that preach everything but the word of God. Are you listening? Are you listening tonight? Preach everything but the word of God. He says to you, these people, they will destroy the church. You might not always see them, but up underneath, they're sharp. And they're so sharp, they will cut. And when they cut, they will cause the church to fall or sink or fall by the wayside. Be careful tonight. That's why we just can't stick anybody into a Sunday school class. Well, Brother Nolan, they're just children. No, we're discipling them. We just can't stick anybody in the pulpit to preach the gospel where they're called to preach. If they're called to preach, the first thing that they should do then is clean tables. The first thing my pastor asked me to do was to wash commodes, to clean commodes. And I said, oh, Pastor, I'm called to preach, but he showed me that if I was going to do anything for the kingdom, I first had to serve the house of the Lord. See, in the last days, there's going to come a movement of people inside the church that, as it says in verse 12 here, there are going to be spots on the feast of charity. They're going to be so harmful. They're going to be sharp rocks. They're going to be beneath the service, but they're going to cause the boat to sink. Now, let me share what this really was. We find this in the book of Corinthians in the first book, chapter. 11. There was people that were coming to the love feast. And when you think love feast, I know Michelle and Ronnie, you were product of the 70s. This is not a hippie movement of the 70s. You understand what I'm saying? All right? This is not that. That's not what he's talking about. The love feast was actually the church service. It was where they would come in, have a fellowship meal, have fellowship, take communion, break down the word, teach the word. And what was happening was there was these false teachers coming in. And since they had certain things, they were taking advantage of the house of God. Are you listening tonight? And what they would do was they were getting drunk in the house of the Lord and saying it was okay. And the greatest danger was not only their selfish things that they were taking but the poor people or the people that didn't have much they were not only not given to them they were taken from them and he says this cannot be you remember what James says James says that they come in the church it's not a sin to have money it's not a sin to have gold apparel but James says the sin is this though that if somebody comes in the church and they don't have that and you treat them differently than shame on the house of the Lord. Listen to me tonight. One of the first pictures of the last day apostate church is this 
undermine where people are taking over the house of God for selfish gains. They couldn't get promoted on the job. They couldn't be the leader at their job. So they think by force they can do it in the house of the Lord. But God, in this last day, give us people that have a servant heart. Give us people that love God and love people. Give us people that love the word and fight for the word of God that the word of God might be preached and not distorted by the selfish sin of mankind. That's what it means here. He said, watch out for these people. He says they have no fear. They spread false doctrine. Are you listening? Yesterday I was at one of the biggest Christian universities in the South. One that has produced great ministers, ministries. I met me a new Baptist friend yesterday, fired up Baptist man, full of the Holy Ghost. We, we had church right there in Atlanta, Georgia. But you also know what happens, he's studying his PhD at this Christian college. And listen what happened. Last year, that Christian university was conducting same-sex marriages right there on the Christian campus. So they protested him and a couple other Baptist ministers and Pentecostal ministers, they protested. You know what they told my new Baptist friend? If you don't like how we're conducting our church business and what we perceive the word of God to be, then you can find you a university somewhere else. See, that's what you talked about. He says, there's gonna come a movement in the last days. It's gonna be under the surface. You can't always see it. But when it cuts the ship, it'll cause a ship to fall by the wayside. That's why here at North Wahala, we cannot stop preaching and teaching the word of God. We have to send missionaries. We have to send Sunday school teachers. We have to train them and disciple them because we cannot let the gospel standard fall because there's some people who have a takeover spirit and they want the church to be about them to appease their lifestyle. No, 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 that cannot be. This church has been here for 103 years. Why? Because we made up our mind to preach the word of Jesus Christ and not compromise the word of Jesus Christ. Secondly tonight... Secondly, he says there are also not only these hidden reefs that are up underneath, these spots on the feast of charity, he calls them empty clouds. Tonight, we saw clouds that look just like this, and they're calling for more about 745. He says, though, and I, this is the one that speaks to me the most as a pastor, he says that when this movement takes hold of the church, he said, it's going to be a picture of a cloud, but it's not going to have water. See, you're a Christian tonight, or I perceive that you to be a Christian. And on your job and in your home, you represent as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You give the appearance and you give a thought process to somebody else that when you step into their midst, you represent the kingdom of God. And by representing the kingdom of God, there's not only personal kingdom benefits, but there's also things that you have that you can give to somebody else. You can teach them your faith. You can share joy. You can give peace, love, and hope and turn their life around through Jesus Christ. But he says, Jude says in the last days, there's gonna be this movement and they're gonna look just like Christians. 
There are going to be clouds, and, and the farmer has been praying and praying, not farmers in Oconee County, but farmers in the low state. They've been praying for water and rain, and all of a sudden there's going to be a cloud come up in the sky, and that farmer's going to say, yes, 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 my prayers have been answered. And he said that cloud's going to pass right by and give absolutely nothing to that farmer. He says in the last days, that's going to be how some so-called Christians are going to be. They're going to look the part. They're going to act like they have part in the kingdom, but they give you absolutely nothing. You're the Christian on the job. So when the other two people are fighting, you're the one that steps in and gives wisdom. Hello? They're listening to profanity and you walk out the room. It's not that you're better than, but without saying anything, you're letting them know that's, that's not on the level of a Christian or how Christians should behave. You listening? Missionaries come to our church. They need money. We give them money to go to mission fields. But what if they come to our church and we have it and we don't give it? What, what if your family needs to see what love really looks like? because there's been five generations of divorce and pain. You have it, or you're supposed to, but you don't give it. Jude says that's the picture of an apostate. They look like a Christian, but on the inside, they have absolutely nothing to give anybody. There are churches all around South Carolina that are closing their doors because they're supposed to have the real thing, but they do not have it. So when people come, they leave the same way. As I talked to my new Baptist friend yesterday, he said, we have churches that haven't baptized anyone in two years. We can never, never at North Wahala have a year go by that one person doesn't get saved in the house of God. That can't be. Amen. He says tonight, wake up church. Don't give the picture or the portrait that you're something that you are not. Don't give the picture that you walk in holiness, but you do not. Don't give the picture that you love your neighbor, but really you do not. Don't give the picture that you're about missions, but you're not really about missions. You're not about outreach. You're not about somebody sitting beside you or taking your pew. Don't give that picture because that's the worst thing to do is to pretend to be something that you're not. Matthew 15 calls that a hypocrite. He calls it an actor that is playing the part because the audience is demanding something from them. But sooner or later, your bucket's going to be empty because you can't give what you don't have. That's why tonight we're here tonight to be filled with the Spirit of God, to be filled with the Holy Ghost that we might make a difference in these last days. Thirdly, tonight, he says not only are they clouds without water, he says, but they're fruitless. He says that they're trees dead twice and plucked up about the roots. That's an ugly picture right there. It is. Jesus even walked by a tree one time that didn't yield it and cursed that tree. That's not the way that tree should look in the autumn. In the autumn, it should be full bloom that it might yield a harvest. Jew says that tonight because a, a farmer expects fruit for his labor. He's worked hard and now he's expecting fruit. Jesus said in Matthew 7 that you will know a tree by what? by the fruit that it bears. See, that's the problem tonight. 
We have some who should be bearing and they have the responsibility to feed others. But if they're not the real thing, if they have gone the way of Cain, if they've gone the way of Balaam, then they are a false teacher. And a false teacher can give you absolutely nothing. Why? Because false teachers don't want to give. They want to take. That's what he says. And that is the picture that Jude is trying to paint tonight in the churches. I don't have nothing against Jensen Franklin. I believe he's a great man of God. I know that he flies around. In fact, um, uh, Aiden's grandfather actually flies Jensen from time to time along with some other preachers. I have no problem with that. I, I understand he's trying to maximize, ma maximize his time, and I get that. But I do have a problem with something else, though, so let me just get out here on my own limb. It's one thing to have a plane, but it's another thing that you've got to stand in a pulpit and say, you know, first class isn't good enough, so I want the church to take me up $70 million for me to buy me a new plane. I know I'm the, only, I'm the only one on this limb tonight. That's okay. I believe, and Jensen did not do that, by the way. I'm, I'm just, just saying a hypothetical thing that happens in 2018. I believe that the false teachers will preach in a way and I know the man that did this and I've listened to his teachings and the false teaching will teach in a way that will always turn the camera around to themselves so that their selves can be blessed. Oh, I'm blessed tonight. You bless me. The church blesses me. But I can never uh, rate the church of God or the kingdom of God to take what doesn't belong to me for selfish gain. I'm supposed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when I do, I preach love, joy, peace, and hope. And I offer the world something. But when I'm a false teacher, I can't do that. Why? Because I'm twice dead and plucked up by the roots. What does it mean to be twice dead? It means that they have no fruit. And the reason that they have no fruit is because they have no roots. You can't bear if you don't have roots. Listen to me. I'm gonna make somebody mad tonight, but you'll be okay. You're a big boy and a big girl. The reason that some people can't stay in the church long enough is because they have no roots. Oh, they want fruit but they don't want to go through the seasons to bear the fruit. I'm teaching, I don't know who's listening. They think that the apple comes up after one day of planting. They're waiting for the watermelon to come to harvest. They put the seed in the ground and they're like Ashton and Aiden who thinks just because you put the seed in the ground, it's gonna happen overnight. Brother Nolan, I wanna teach or preach like you or these preachers at North Wahala. I want your anointing. No, you don't. You don't want that. You think you want it, but you want it because you see something in a moment. What I have has taken 21 years to get. And there's been some high mountains and some deep valleys and some trouble nights. See, that's what we've done. We've tried to raise up a generation of church people who think that they can walk any kind of way, serve any kind of way, not be faithful at anything, and think they can bear the same fruit that some of our preachers have done over 30 years of ministry. It will not happen. It's not going to happen. He says, they have no fruit because they have no roots. One of my favorite chapters in the book of Colossians is chapter two, in particular, verse seven. I preached it a long time ago at the Clio Church of God. I still remember that night. It was an amazing night. When Paul was writing to the church at Colossae, who false doctrine was trying to take them over, he says in chapter two, he says, I want you to be established in God. He says what? Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. He says, 
says the way to combat false doctrine is to stay planted in the Word of God. Some people will come to church if it's something special, but they can't wake up or they can't come on Wednesday night. They can't wake up to come to Sunday school. They can't come on Wednesday night because they're too busy. Are you listening? We put it online for them. We've recently put a video online, but that won't be sufficient. They will always find an excuse. You want to know why? Because they have no roots. They're the preachers who every four months, they're on fire for God. Oh, I want to go in the ministry. I want to go in the ministry. And they come to me and I'll say, well, let's go start cams. And they're too busy. Are you listening tonight? Or they'll come to me and I know three months out of the year they're going to be on fire. But the rest of the months of the year, I'm going to have to beg them to come to church. I'm not mad at them. The reason is they have no roots. And when the first little wind comes along, and then we have to go get them and bring them back in. Now listen to me. I understand that for the new Christian. I've got no problem with that. I've been there. But not for the person that's been in church 20 years. And not for the person who wants to do ministry. The winds are going to come. I'll never forget when I started working for my dad. I was driving a 548 John Deere skitter. Believe that or not, Charles, I can drive a skitter. I know, I know you doubt that, but I can. And that skitter 548, I saw this little pine tree. And I ran up that pine tree and I knocked that pine tree over. I was a bad man. You hear me? That machine is such a brute beast. That little pine tree, actually, it just fell over like nobody's business. Then I left that pine tree and actually it was a, it was a pretty big pine tree. And then I saw this other tree. It didn't look like a pine. I was a young teenage boy. I thought, well, it'll fall over by the wayside too. That pine fell over and I saw the roots out the ground. The roots were not that long, that pine tree. But this other tree was an oak tree. I wasn't paying attention, really didn't know what an oak was probably at the time. And I've got that 548 John Deere skitter. I've got it wound up tight. And I go hit that oak tree. And all of a sudden, I hit that oak tree. And I just start shaking for about five minutes. You understand what I'm saying? That oak tree laughed at me. And I thought, it's the same size as the pine. Why didn't it fall by the wayside? And my daddy had to teach me a lesson. Son, it's not what you see, it's what you don't see. That pine has very shallow roots, but that oak tree's been here a long time and it has deep roots. Anthony said this coming in tonight with the weather. He said, Pastor, you know there's not gonna be a lot of people here. And as the people stepped coming in, you know what he told me? He was so true with this. He said, the older people are here tonight, aren't they? They are, they are. Oh, I know there's some young people working across the road, but notice the people that are here tonight, it's the older saints, you wanna know why? Because they have deep roots. I'm not knocking anybody for staying home. I know the weather's bad, but I can predict what's going to happen the next time. I can predict what's going to happen on Super Bowl Sunday. Hello? Why are y'all listening tonight? Why are y'all so quiet? I'm about to go back to General Assembly and come back. Amen? You were shouting with me Sunday morning. They have no roots. Colossians says, you get rooted somewhere. Get rooted. Or Brother Dolan, I don't like my Sunday school class. Get rooted. Or Pastor, I like when you preach on Sunday, but not on Wednesdays. Get rooted. Or Pastor, I've been to 84 churches this last year. Get rooted in a true church in the true house of God. But I may not like what you do tomorrow. Get rooted. I may not like what they sing on Sunday. Get rooted. God can't use you because you don't take time enough to put roots down to grow any fruit. And Jude says that as 
a believer, we should be bearing fruit because we are rooted in Jesus Christ. Real quickly, last two things, I'm gonna let you go. He then says, they're raging waves of the sea, sea, excuse me, foaming up their own shame. This speaks to unstable doctrine. In turbulent times, it is a picture of the ocean coming ashore after a storm, and it gives nothing but debris and trash and foam. That's it. He's saying that there is a picture of the apostate preachers and the apostate church as the sea comes to the shore, as the waves come and beat upon them, as it comes there, it comes, it looks like it's so strong, but what does it yield? Nothing but foam. That's how a lot of doctrine is today. Because in turbulent times, in turbulent times we don't need just something that sounds good, we need the truth of God's word tonight. Too many churches tonight, I'm not calling names, and I'm, I really don't have nobody in mind. But I know the, moment, the time in which I preach in. You can find churches that preach all kind of crazy stuff today. We have preachers that are ordaining now that it's okay for preachers to get drunk. Preachers can marry same-sex partners. This week alone, one of our pastors, Wallace Purvis, pastors of the Woodside Church of God, his mother was killed by a drunk driver on the way to church Sunday morning. A little girl that Jessica and I had the privilege of ministering to at youth camp this week, her life was taken also in a car accident. Yet we live in an hour that you can find anything you want. But when turbulent times comes, give me the real thing. When cancer comes and situations come and trials come and tragedy comes, give me a church that knows how to pray. Give me a church that knows how to pray. I'm fixing to push you Sunday morning. I've got some announcements for you. You better get ready. Give me a church that knows how to pray. We're fixing to maximize our church. We're going to use old school and new school. We're going to use old school prayer meeting and we're going to use some new school technology to take prayer further. You better get ready because I'm telling you, in the end times, we cannot be like the waves that come to the shore and leave nothing but foam and trash that came from the storm overnight. Give me a church that will hold my hand and say, I don't know how we're going to make it. I know this though. If God be for us, who can be against us? We're going to come through this storm why? Because he's still God, he's still in control, and he's still able tonight in Jesus' name. If you believe that, will you give God praise as I close? Amen. <laughs> Isaiah said this way, they are wicked like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up the mire and dirt. We've made our churches to be what God's called them not to be. Sunday morning, we stayed over to pray with three young ladies that needed hope. Brother Nolan, we've, we had to get to the restaurant. I'll tell you that we have three young ladies that need hope. We've got to be the church. I'm going to push you on this. You're either going to love me or not like me, one of the two, but I'm going to push you. Why? Because I don't want you as your shepherd to stand before the king and not hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We're going to hold on to the word of God and we're going to preach it, teach it, live it, share it, send it, go get it, bring it back again and take it out to Mexico, Ecuador, and anywhere else that we can go. Why? Because it's the word and it still changes lives.
Last Sunday night, he says they're wandering stars. Now this one I had to do some digging in, to be honest with you, because I didn't understand what it meant, wandering stars, but what he was saying was this. He's not talking about the stars as we know it in the planets. He's referring to that thing that looks like a shooting star or a meteor. And you see it, and it looks so exciting, and it's, it's burning, and it's, it's, it's lighting up the sky. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? All the other stars are just staying there, being faithful. But this one right here is spectacular. Look how big it is. Look, how, look at how long it is, and look how it lights up. But you know what it also does? It starts out really good, and then, and then you can't see it anymore. I started out with a few preachers who definitely could out-preach me, look better than me, more talented. But for one of them, and I say this not with boast, but he was so arrogant, he couldn't last long. Are you listening tonight? Those last days, those churches, they start quick, but they die even quicker. They're preachers, they start good, but they never develop roots. And they, they, they have more... I'm just going to say it. They spend more time with pulpit presentation than pulpit preparation of preparing behind the scenes in the Word. Today is so easy just to grab a sermon off the internet and go. There's nothing wrong with gleaning. There's nothing wrong with studying. That's not what I'm saying. We even have preachers in my own denomination that say, you shouldn't waste your time on studying. Just grab somebody else's and go. Wow, how did we get to this day? And that's why they start out looking so good, but they end up, we don't even see them at all. Hello? We've been here 103 years. A church doesn't stay alive for 103 years. And we're not like some churches that are 103 years of age where they only come back once a year and twice a year. We have one of those on Society Hill, my hometown. We celebrate the Presbyterian Church, but we only do it once a year and everybody comes back. But they do not come to see the Spirit. They come from the his, for the historical value. This is not a museum, folks. The day that North Walhalla becomes a museum and they put us on the registry to show off our history, we have failed this community. And we've stopped being the church that God sent us to blaze 103 years ago. God sent me here to preach the word, to inspire other preachers and teachers to preach the word, to raise them up and send them out and some will stay, some will go, but I know what God told me in Nashville, Tennessee. And I've come to remind us tonight, this is what it looks like when we're not walking and operating in God's word. Think about the churches tonight that are preaching false doctrine. Think about the universities that started out as Christian universities, but now they have separated from that because they no longer want to stand for what the word of God says. Hello? That can't be us, church. We must stand for truth and let truth prevail. Would you stand with me tonight, please, as I let you out early? Hallelujah. Anybody enjoy service tonight? Amen. Y'all quiet tonight. Amen. I guess the rain's got you kind of, I don't know. Amen. You okay? Look to your neighbor and tell them to stand for truth. Would you do that for me? I want to pray over you tonight.
Get rooted. Dig deep. Dig deep. If I have any advice for my son, it's called in the ministry and our young preachers, dig deep. The devil's going to come. The winds are going to blow. Satan's going to lay at your door to destroy you. And if you don't have deep roots, you're going to fall by the wayside. That apostate church is alive and well, even in Oconee County. But I want to be found faithful. Listen to me now. Not everybody's going to like this type of teaching. Maybe a couple of you don't like it tonight, but I can't change the word of God. And there are going to be people that come in to our church and leave because they don't like this. It's too strong. But I also want you to hear me. There are people that come to our church once a month now because they travel. There are people that are hearing our services online and are tithing to our church and are saying things like this. I can't be there. I live in another state, but you're preaching the word. And I want to be a part of a church that will preach the word. Your pastors are preaching the word. I hear teachers are preaching the word. And they're tithing and giving to our church and don't even live in our state. God will provide. We don't have to compromise God's word. We can love this world and still stand on God's word and see them changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I've taught your word tonight. And not deep theology, it's really just a portrait. It was Jude painting. Jude was giving a clear picture of what this will look like. He did not want us to be confused or mistaken. He wanted to show us this is what it looks like. So in 2018, when we see things on TV, we see things on the internet, when we hear things that are at work and how things are being done in other places, not judging them, but lining them up by the word, we see that, like I said with my friend, where they're ordaining bishops who are living in same-sex relationships. I, I love them, Father. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not even judging anybody. I'm just saying the word, though, is judging them. And I cannot change this word for nobody. The only thing I can say for me and my house, for the church I pastor, we're going to preach the truth in love. We're going to preach it in love, but we're still going to preach it that they might be changed in Jesus' name. Let this be so in Christ's name. Everyone said amen. Amen. Can we give God the biggest hand of praise? In the next couple of verses, Jude is going to change just a little bit and begin to show you some positive things in the church as well. We'll talk about that next week and a couple of weeks to come. God bless you. You're free to go tonight. Please go ahead. I think there's another band coming through. We want to get you home. So fellowship at your own risk tonight. God bless you.